the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. You know, you have to work hard at it. You have to kind of hone your skills and, and work on your craft. And so I think we focus a lot of our time going to CLEs, which we absolutely should. Um, you should sharpen your swords. But something that people fail to do a lot of times is they fail to sharpen their skills when it comes to actually running a business. And vice versa. A lot of times people, attorneys, will focus on the opposite. And they'll focus on just running the business and not being a good lawyer. It's just a whole different world, a world that the ABA does not get you ready for, a world that law schools do not get you ready for. And I really think that the reason our podcast and the Facebook group and everything else about our message has really taken off is because we're filling a hole where lawyers who know how to be good lawyers but want to be better at marketing or better at running their firm really have a place to hang out and share. And I think that's why our message is really resonating with people. Run your law firm the right way. The right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. You're back on the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Tyson, I just got back from my second meeting at Strategic Coach last Friday. I'm pumped up. I've been working on outlines and scheduling and doing all the good stuff that successful entrepreneurs like law firm owners do. I also just got back from the bread company. I had breakfast with our friend, David Terry, who's coming to the conference. We talked about the conference and I'm all fired up. Nice. Very exciting stuff. You had an interesting weekend at... Uh what do you call it? What's the coaching thing you attend? Strategic coach in Chicago. Yeah. So how was that? So this is my second one. We go up once a quarter and there's obviously about 90 days in between sessions. I learned a lot more this time than I did last time. I saw some of the successes that I've had over the last nine months, but I'm really excited about the months ahead. I actually got to meet Dan Sullivan, who started Strategic Coach. He's has a podcast with Joe Polish and one with Dean Jackson. So I got to shake his hand and ask him a question. It was pretty cool. Oh, very cool. And anyone that listens to I Love Marketing knows who Dan Sullivan is because that's who they talk about all the time. He's basically the equivalent of our John Fisher that we talk about all the time. So so question I have for you, because uh, I know that a lot of people have been considering doing coaching, and I know we, we jumped in with our firm with coaching not too long ago. In between your quarterly meetings, what do you all do in between them? What's the accountability like? So it's sort of hands-off. I would say that there's a lot of built-in workbooks and things that you can do on your own. There's a, a weekly call that you can get on every Monday 
But as far as someone overseeing what you're doing, it's really on your own. And I think for me, that's really good because a lot of times I'm just looking for someone else to provide me direction. And with this approach, I'm sort of having to move the ball myself. And I think that's good. Interesting. That's that's the same experience that we're having. So I was just curious if, if it's more intensive or not. So, all right, let's get into the today's topic. You want to introduce it? Yeah. So today we're talking about why the skills that make you a good lawyer probably are not the skills you need to run a successful firm. And the way that I got to this as a topic is sort of convoluted. But about a year ago, my son got diagnosed with ADHD. And in doing that, we had to go through a lot of assessments and meet with a lot of teachers. And it dawned on me that one of the reasons he was having trouble in school was because he doesn't like following all the rules of school. He just sort of naturally bumps up against that. And it occurred to me when we were going through that process that the teachers who he was having the most conflict with were the ones who really liked the rules and that these teachers were in a role that they are very good at. And they like structure and they like people to sort of do things the way that they're supposed to. So he was in a situation where he was particularly different than they are. And so it just got me thinking about how sometimes people have occupations that sort of fit their personality and sometimes they don't. And so I think that there are a lot of people who are drawn to the law because of maybe the chance for advocacy or their ability to develop skills in arguing or advocating or, you know, forcefully bringing a position for a client or, you know, trying to improve things for their fellow humans. But just because that's what they're good at as lawyers, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be good marketers or good entrepreneurs or good managers even. So I think there's a disconnect there. I think it's something that Michael Gerber talks about. And I think it's something you and I could talk about today and, and really bring some value to the listeners. I agree with you and I disagree with you. Here's where I agree with you. It makes complete sense that because we're not trained in law school to run businesses, we're just not. I, I did take a class with you when I was in law school and that class was law practice management. But due to time constraints, you couldn't teach us everything. So it's just you don't get the right training. So in that vein, you are right on not being able to run the business. The skills are not the same because you're you're spend three years training how to be a lawyer and be a good lawyer, and all your externships and internships are all devoted towards that. And you have trial skills and moot court and all this different these different things that are focusing on those skills as opposed to having skills on actually running a law firm. So you were right about that. I think you're wrong in this thing. Everyone's heard the adage. You know, know, like, and trust, you know, that conveys over. So if you have people that know, like, and trust you as a lawyer, especially when it comes to trial lawyers or in a courtroom, if you can get a jury to know, like, and trust you, uh, they obviously know you because you're in the courtroom, you've introduced yourself, but to get them to actually like and trust you, that's a, a fantastic advantage. The same thing holds true whenever you're getting clients. Now, just getting clients is not running the business. I get that. But that is where there's a lot of crossover because being so successful in business when people are no liking and trusting you is the same as people knowing and liking and trusting you as, as a lawyer. Now, there's all this other stuff on the backside, right? If all we had to do was bring in clients, that'd be fantastic. But there's all these other issues, human resources issues, managerial issues. You've got the whole marketing component, which is full of a variety of different things. If you're a TV marketer, social media, your website, everything, you know, like John Fisher, getting referrals through all your referral partners, marketing to them. 
And then you have everything else when it comes to accounting, paying your taxes, and all this kind of stuff. There's so much that when it comes to actually running a business, it's not just getting a client. So I mostly agree with you, but I slightly disagree with you. Well, I think people are complex, and obviously different people handle different things well, and different people have different skill sets. And But what I'm talking about generally is what do you think are the attributes that make people want to go to law school, and do you think that those attributes carry over to running a law firm? I couldn't tell you the slightest why people go to law school if they don't want to be an attorney. I mean, you see it every day. A lot of people that I went to law school with aren't even attorneys anymore. A lot of them didn't even take the bar. If I had to guess, I mean, mostly a lot of them are driven to, I guess you can lump them into categories, but a lot of them are, are they're drawn to money. They just want to get into a profession, so they want to be you know, an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer, one of those ones. To just to make money, so you can kind of put those people in one category, and then you have the people in another category that just don't know what to do, so they go to law school and they're they're in a financial position to be able to do it. And you have the true believers, you know, the people that are true believers that just want to go and help people and they really believe in the law. The actual, I mean, that's what draws them to go to law school. The attributes that those people actually hold, I don't know. I mean. I don't know, at least my law school class was very diverse. So that's why I really couldn't tell you. Well, I mean, what do you think? I think it's a lot of those topics. I think you covered most of them. I think that if I had to rank them, I think based on the conversations I've had with people about ready to go to law school, I think a lot of them are doing it just because they don't know what else to do. And I think the idea of a profession is something that they like. I think there's plenty of people that go to law school knowing exactly why they want to go. I'm sure John Fisher knew why he wanted to go and be a lawyer. But I think for the most part, a lot of people, especially those who come straight out of college, are still sort of finding their way. But what I'm wondering is, what I'm thinking about is, are the attributes of those people, and maybe we're maybe the risk is generalizing here, but people who want to be lawyers, I think generally want to be in charge or want to be the boss or want to be sort of forceful, I think, for most people. They want to have an impact. And I guess my question is, you know, when you want to make that transition, do you think that thinking like a lawyer harms your ability to think about bringing in cases or think about building systems or thinking about building something? You know what I mean? I absolutely do think that that's true because if you're thinking like a lawyer, I don't know if practicing law and running a business really go together. <laughs> because, I mean, if you just look at the ethics opinions, at least in Missouri, I mean, across the country, I mean, we learned about it in, in law school. It, they just don't jive. So I think that they do run against each other. And so I think that that does make it difficult. Uh, but a lot of the things that do make a great lawyer also make a great business person. And that's, you know, you have to work hard at it. You have to kind of hone your skills and, and work on your craft. And so I think we focus a lot of our times going to CLEs, which we absolutely should. Um, you should you know, sharpen your swords. But something that people fail to do a lot of times is they fail to sharpen their skills when it comes to actually running a business and vice versa. A lot of times people, attorneys will focus on the opposite and they'll focus on just running the business and not being a good lawyer. I mean, you and I know a ton of good lawyers that are, are bad business people and vice versa. And I'm sure people listening to this know the exact same thing. So they really don't. And part of the problem is, is that being a lawyer takes so much time because you're going to be really, really good at it. And so it takes away from the other things. And so that's why, with our firm at least, that's why we made a lot of the decisions that we did because 
I don't have as much time to practice. I mean, I, I obviously do. I spend a lot of time. I take it very seriously. But I had to step away from all the day-to-day stuff because there's just so much else out there when it comes to the, running the actual firm. And Chris is the opposite. I mean, Chris spends a significant amount of his time working on cases and honing his skills. So that's why I think it's it's important whenever you do have a partner, you have to look for things where you can fill each other's gaps. In the e-myth, Michael Gerber sort of tells his business tale through Sarah, a baker, and Sarah's really good at baking. And because she's really good at baking pies, she thinks that she can open up a pie business. And it sort of hits you like a ton of bricks. And I think that's sort of where the podcast and the conference came for you and I is that it's just a whole different world, a world that the ABA does not get you ready for, a world that law schools do not get you ready for. And I really think that the reason our podcast and the Facebook group and everything else about our message has really taken off is because we're filling a hole where lawyers who know how to be good lawyers but want to be better at marketing or better at running their firm really have a place to hang out and share. And I think that's why our message is really resonating with people. Yeah, I I think you're right. And if you look at most of the attorney programs, business-type programs, things like that, they're focused on marketing. And I don't think we we did that. At least we've tried not to. I think what what we were really trying to do is just – create a place for people to learn and get better, especially for us. I mean, it just helps you and I get better. And so you're absolutely right. It's just, it, I mean, there are so many things out there when it comes to running a business. I think if people sat down and if, if you're a solo, I mean, just sit down and write a list of all the things you do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. And if you have not done that, that's an exercise you need to start with because that's the beginning of starting a system starting your systems is just writing down everything you do in a, in a typical week you may be shocked if you've not done that to this point because you do so much. I mean, there's a lot you do. I mean, you are every department. I mean, you're the IT department. You're the, the marketing department. You're the accounting department. You are the legal department. You're everything, which is, I mean, looking back, it's quite astonishing. I mean, I'm, I'm in a different station than I was, you know, seven, eight years ago. It's kind of shocking to think of all the things. And, Jimmy, think about it, like all the things you did at the beginning, I mean, it's, there's so much to do, and it's, I mean, it's really hard to do, and you're juggling a lot of balls. So it's a lot of hard work, but it's a great journey. I'll take a little riff off what you just said. I mean, over the last quarter, that was one of our marching orders was just to write down all the things that we do. And at first, I thought I was supposed to write down only the things that I do that I don't want to do anymore. But the, my coach said, no, no, you're supposed to do everything. So I've been doing that. And then uh, last week, before I went to the session for coach, I went through and I figured out what are the things that I'm no good at? What are the things that I'm good at? What are the things that I'm really excellent at? And what are the things that only I can do? And so I think that really was a valuable exercise. So I agree with that, you know, and and finding what it is that you're really good at, what your unique strengths are. I think that's really important. And, and the reason it's important is because one, it helps you figure out what you're good at and what you should be doing. And it also helps you find people who have different skill sets that can support you and sort of fill in the places where you might be a little bit weak. Yeah. I mean, that's, I kind of always go back to this just because, I mean, it's just, I think that's, this is the basics, but really if you sit down, if you, if you go back to what we learned from I Love Marketing when it comes to sitting down, writing down all the tasks and then figuring out 
what you can delegate, what you can eliminate, what you can outsource, what you can do yourself, all that. If you go through that exercise, you can really you can really see where there are holes in your business. You can see there are holes when it comes to staffing needs. There are holes when it comes to you as an individual. It's a really simple but beneficial process that I really recommend people do. And I, I mean, if you're just now listening to this podcast for the first time, go back to some of our older podcasts and start listening. I guess you really don't have to. Just do what I just said. Do what Jimmy and I just said. It really does start you off on the right foot because you start to really think about your business and what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. Um, it's a great exercise. I, it's one of my favorites to do. And honestly, I probably should do it again. It's been a while since I've done it, but uh, I definitely should, should do it again. We've been focusing so much on systems lately and other areas. So I haven't really stepped back at that level to do that. So maybe it's something I should do. The other lesson that I think comes out from doing this analysis is that we really need to look outside the law for solutions. That if we spend all of our time doing what other lawyers do or reading the same articles that other lawyers do, that we really do ourselves a disservice. That some of my best ideas have come from outside the legal marketing and legal firm management world. I mean, you know, obviously with I Love Marketing, most of my marketing lessons I've learned from someone who advises real estate brokers and someone who advises carpet cleaners on how to run a successful firm. Dan Kennedy talks about this all the time, that if you're doing the same thing as everybody else, you're probably doing the wrong thing and that you need to really look outside of your usual space to find people that can teach you things that you hadn't thought about. And I think that's a really important point. Yes, some of the best tools that I use came from outside of legal marketing, legal journals, yada, yada, yada. I mean, I focus the majority of my reading on, on non-legal stuff, and I've talked about that before. I mean, just as simple as getting ink and entrepreneur and fast company delivered to your office as opposed to a lot of the legal journals, it, it can make a big difference. I mean, I, I mean, I started using Slack way ahead of everyone else. I mean, it was just something I read in Ink Magazine one day. And so you do get, I mean, in some areas, the legal industry is ahead of the curve. But for the most part, they're behind the curve. And so it's it's it takes a while for our industry to start adopting things. Think outside the box a little bit. I know that's cliche, but start reading these non-legal business magazines and newspapers, and you can do it for free on your phone. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to do nowadays. And you will get a ton of great ideas. I mean, you really, really will. And if... If you think about it when you're reading them, something I used to do, and that's, that's what sucks about getting well, actually reading on your phone now, but something I used to do, Jimmy, is I used to take Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur and Fast Company, and I would read them from, from cover to cover. And on the front, in Sharpie, I would write the key points that I learned from, from it, and I would try to keep it as concise as possible. And so I would have, each of my magazines would have a list of things that I learned from it. There would be takeaways that I could use in my firm. So when you're reading these, think about, you know, how can I use these in my firm? And another thing, this is something that uh, we learned from your boy at Infusionsoft. I can't think of his, the fourth, uh, sixth division guy. I can't think of his name, but. Brent Marno. Um, yeah, Marno. How can I be doing this better? So. I know a lot of times whenever you're listening to CLEs or business podcasts, legal podcasts like this podcast, you're thinking, well, I'm already doing that. Uh, instead, I think, yeah, how can I be doing that better? 
I think that's a really good lesson. I, and it's so funny. It was just hit me like a ton of bricks when he said that, you know, because I, I remember during his presentation, I'm thinking, well, I'm already doing this. But that, that means I was just closing him off. I wasn't listening. And then, and until he said that, it really changed my mindset when I go to those CLEs and listen to podcasts and things like that. We don't know everything, okay? We just don't. So, so kind of open your mind up a little bit. And, you know, that brings up another topic, and that is you really have to invest in your continuing education. And I don't mean CLE. I don't mean learning about the law. I mean learning about how to market, how to build something. And you have to, you know, you and I had much fun and enjoyed greatly the Infusionsoft conference every year, and that has since gone by the wayside. But when I just had breakfast with David, he was telling me how he had a friend who's sort of high up at Social Media Examiner, and he went out to Social Media Marketing World, and he volunteered, so he got to go for free, but he got to go to all the sessions. He got to hear Pat Flynn and Michael Stelzer and a bunch of other people. So you really need, and he went all the way out to San Diego from St. Louis to do that. You really need to make time and carve out time and find people who you resonate with. You know, Chelsea Lambert said, you know, find who it is who resonates with you, whose message resonates with you, who do you like, and, you know, keep pushing yourself. And and if Gary Vaynerchuk is someone you find annoying, then find somebody else. And so it's going to be different for each of us. And so I think that not only listening to people outside of the usual markets, but also, you know, giving yourself the time and space to do things other than practice law in the grind every day is super important. But then the next step is doing something that you did for years, but you've been you've been way different lately. Is that you got to take action. You used to, and I think you'll admit this. You used to read and read and read and read and read and just absorb all this information and not do anything about it. But especially as of lately, you've been killing it. Last couple of years, we're just going out and just doing things, doing what you're learning. So I think. Learning is one thing, but actually taking action for that. So I think that that's, that's the next important step. Absolutely. You know, I, I was definitely sort of addicted to reading content and getting sort of pumped up by it. But Coach has helped and, and talking to you has helped me to sort of Im- be much more focused on implementing. And so, yeah, that's been great. Speaking of investing in your future, Jimmy, I know that you're the one that always talks about the, the conference, but I'm going to talk about it for a second. It's getting very, very close to being sold out, so make sure you go to our website. MaxLawCon.MaximumLawyer.com Go there. Go ahead and register. The fee did go up a little bit, but not too much. It's still extremely cheap compared to uh, most conferences you'll go to. Cardinal game is sold out, so sorry about that. But uh, we do have a lot of other great things we're going to do. We're going to do a run in the morning. We're going to go have dinner the night before the conference starts and then um, anyone that's interested, maybe some, some bourbon cigars. So it'd be a lot of fun. May 17th and May 18th. We are extremely excited. We have a fantastic lineup. And uh, if you, if you don't know, I'm not going to go through the entire list right now, but go to our website, check out the list. It's, it's pretty incredible. Jimmy, enough about the conference, enough about me. What is your hack of the week? So my hack of the week is inventorying my email. And so what do I mean by that? So what I've been doing is trying to come up with different categories of the type of email that I receive. And I got a little spreadsheet going so I can make a list of categories. And then once I'm done and I feel like I've got a comprehensive list of categories of the type of emails that need responses, then I'm going to be delegating those emails automatically. I'm going to have those read and and handled by people in my office so I won't be handling 
emails unless it's something that only I can handle over the next couple of weeks. Some, I think, I don't know if it was John Fisher or someone in Mastermind Experience. I can't remember who it was, but they they made the comment. I think it was John. You know, you have someone answer your phones. Why not have someone answer your emails? Which is a very astute point. It really is. It is it's like, you know what? That is so, so true. Um, but I guess if you're having, you know, personal emails sent to your to your email address, your firm address, then you may not want to have that happen. But, Jimmy, I'm going to steal your system. I'm ki- I keep waiting for someone to create the right system. I hope you created it. I've looked into it. I've interviewed virtual assistants. I can never find the right person. I'm waiting. So hopefully you've got the right system. I'm rooting for you because I can't stand email, as you know. My tip of the week is actually going to be a book. And the book is from... There's a series of books um, by Jason Selk, and Jason Selk is, a, is the coach that uh, my partner Chris and I hired. He's got one called Executive Toughness, but the one is it, that I'm going to recommend, he's, he's actually got a few, but the one I'm going to recommend is called Organize Your Team Today. Uh, it's the mental toughness needed to lead highly successful teams. I think that that's really going to resonate with a lot of people. It's something that we went to our conference out in Vegas, and we had to read chapter there, but then we had to finish reading it. It's a really, really good book, and it's really about getting your mind right. And we have these daily things we have to do to get our mind right to start the day and all this kind of stuff. It's, it really is great. So I definitely highly recommend it. It's by Jason Selk and Tom Bartow, B-A-R-T-O-W. And Tom Bartow, really interesting guy. Uh, he was uh, really good friends with John Wooden. And they they talked about this story, but uh, I think John Wooden, he, he was given some award at the White House, and he was able to invite, I think, two or three people. I think three people. John Wooden invited his wife, I think, his son. I may be telling the story wrong, but oh, the point is he invited Tom, Tom Bartow. Tom Bartow got to go with him, and this is a, he's a, a financial advisor that had worked for Edward Jones and then another another one of the big ones um, was really, really successful. So highly recommend the book. Very good book. Uh, so that is my tip of the week. All right, Tyson. We'll see you next week. All right, bud. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.